0: I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome back to Stadio, the football podcast.
2: This <laughs> 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 feels like take fifty-six. We're we'll doing another take. We're we'll doing another take. <laughs> I'm Issa Conga. I'm Ryan Hunt. On a serious note, though, yeah. I'll ask you how you are in a minute, but we do need to figure that out. What we're going to start we saying d- properly, we do. Is we, we, do, we can start. We can start again. We can start again. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> we'll figure it out I we'll reckon we're we just, we just the Stadio like welcome to Stadio a football podcast on the Ring Podcast Network something like that or just okay, okay. the Stadio podcast like the old days yeah okay so I'll do it I'll do it no no Let's no we're again. rolling now how are you anyway <laughs> I am
1: great I had a lovely weekend uh, the highlight week was interviewing Uganda's greatest living novelist Jennifer Nansubuga Mkuumbi. This looks amazing. The African Book Festival, unreal, unreal, like incredible. Not was one of those one, one of those weird moments where I was like actually super nervous. So there were a few events. The African Book Festival. Shout out to Intercontinental organized it. Um, Stephanie Hirsper and her team, Carla Kutzner, uh, Venice Trauma, and so many volunteers uh, over in Berlin. Incredible event, and I must say this: like I was um, so nervous because. There were like a couple of big events. It was like a launch of the publishing company they do, a launch of the official festival. I didn't go to either because I was at home swatting up on her novel because it's like the latest novel she's written called The First Woman. 600 pages of brilliance about a young girl who discovers that she has sort of witch-like powers which have been suppressed because of misogyny over several centuries Um, and different decades of generations of women. Incredible novel and yeah, speaking to her was a real career highlight. Plus we had to get out the fits because everyone turned up. It was so funny. It was Africa Book Festival. Every novelist, every writer turned up, like just decked out in like their best like prints. So it's good times. Yeah,
2: It looked amazing, man.
1: How about yourself, man? How are you keeping?
2: Yeah, hanging in there, hanging in there. Just um, some quick, should we do some, should we do some admin quick? Do yeah, yeah, admin? let's do it. Let's do it. Don't forget to check Writer's House and Writer's House has its own feed now. So a couple of people got in touch saying that they were like, well, hang on a minute. What, what's going on? Are you leaving the ringer? What? It's like, no, no, no. So basically, in short, the current feed that you listen to, Ringer FC, uh, I think it's next week or the week after will become Stadio. So just a feed for Stadio. So it's, if you subscribe to Ringer FC, you don't have to do anything to listen to Stadio. Righty's house will get its own feed, so if you want to listen to Righty's house still, I think it it will keep posting on the feed this week. But then it, I think next week it splits. So if you want to keep listening to Righty's house, you have to search for Righty's house on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and then you'll have both. How good's that? Sounds ideal. Like um, other bits of admin: Stadio this week is going to go up on Friday, not Thursday. Uh, got to do some family stuff, so um, we're going to record Friday, which is good, though, because it means we can loop in Thursday's games as well. Other than that, I think that's that everything. All the admins, Stadio watchers, players on Spotify, all the tunes we play on each episode. I do think that's everything. So yep. today we're going to touch on some, st- a few, few teams that we're kind of like, a few games into the season, and we're a bit, hmm, should we be worried about this lot? Right. Yeah. Should we be worried? Um, what else did we say we were going to talk about?
1: Ah, the end of the inevitable. So, teams that were looking like absolute steamrollers who faced disrespectful oh, yeah. performances. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and also teams sitting, uh, team sitting speed bumps. Yeah. Yes, Juggernaut sitting speed bumps. And also, just a, a quick
0: summary of some other stuff. So, let's get into it all after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too.
2: Dude, before we get going, we need to talk about something serious because I witnessed something this weekend, which I'm not sure I'll get over in a while. Actually, I saw a group of men who were celebrating a victory. Sorry, I'm not even sure if I can bring myself to sleep. Oh my god! Sorry, Have you, do you want as long as you need, so they, Ryan, as long as you need? It, yeah, okay. So, just a little bit of context. It was in the second half, the side. Took the lead, and this other side then basically equalised and then scored a winner really late on, and it was the first time that I think they'd done that in nine years, like that specific environment and that specific snow. And then it's okay, you can can do this. Then they celebrated. Oh my god! Like they'd won the league. Oh my god! And I couldn't believe it. It was the worst Ah, thing. ah, I just ah. think the game's gone. The game's gone. Do you know that that's
1: the red that that is that is the red line? You know, like in football, moments come when you're like that. Thus far and no further. The game's lost its soul.
2: Do you know what I think we should do every week? Actually, I've I thought about a new idea we could do on Studio. We could go through all <laughs> the results and we should decide who's allowed to celebrate, who's and who allowed isn't. to who's yeah. who's
1: allowed to look happy. Right,
2: so let's do it. Let's do a quick quick rundown on the Premier League fixtures from this week and just decide who was allowed to celebrate and who wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who's thinking, what the hell are these two going on about? Richard Keyes, who, to be honest, the only reason that I still am glad that he's doing stuff is that I get to listen to Ken Early breaking down Richard Keyes' weekly blog every week. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about this was that he was basically going on about Arsenal celebrating like they'd won the league and Andy Gray decided it was like the FA Cup. So I'm not sure what the difference is. And Nigel De Jong was just in the middle being like, I think you're just going way too overboard on this. Like they've come from behind, they've played well, it's a late win, it's an important win to m- maintain the 100% start to the season. Yeah. And also, let's get real, it's games that in the past Arsenal wouldn't have won. And very patronising towards Fulham. Fulham exactly. Have just come who have come out, who... <laughs> beat Brentford, against Liverpool. Like, yeah, they're cooking. Take no shit. If you compare the, their results to Bournemouth. Right, they're cooking. Like, come on, man. Um, anyway, so Manchester United beat Southampton 1-0. Are they allowed to celebrate? Absolutely not. No. 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 Brentford won, Everton won neither no. allowed to celebrate
1: no. no 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 point you can't celebrate a okay. point
2: Brighton beat Leeds 1-0 definitely not allowed to celebrate no they I can't because Bright, Brighton no. are a different level now Brighton no, that's that's calm no. for them I mean Home Chelsea won, beat no. Leicester 2-1 after going down to 10 men and they celebrated no, they, like they, you know, enjoy, they, celebrated no. like they no. won the Carabao Cup they shouldn't enjoy that no they shouldn't enjoy no, that they can't no, Liverpool no. 9 Bournemouth 0 I mean it's almost just too no it's mournful is that it's a, mournful than a real game? game can I just say,
1: hope, hope Bournemouth bounce back from that someone was going to get that before we get into this someone was going to get that from Liverpool
2: yeah, someone well, Klopp was going to said, get, didn't it he? Was he coming. said like, when Scott Parker would have watched that game against Manchester United, he probably would have been like, "Oh, why have we got them yeah, next?" It's going to be us, exactly. And I really yeah. liked the uh, the summary from Klopp when they said, "Can you sum up that performance for us?" And he just said, "Needed or well, that result, like needed." Yeah, I hope that's how both of them treat it. Yeah, shouts to Harvey Elliott who he scored his first Premier League goal and got a little bit emotional. When it turned out it's because his nan had died a couple of days before. Oh wow! And he was, I think that's why he got a little bit emotional, which is. Oh. Just Lovely, great to see him back too. To Harvey. So Manchester City were two 0 down against Crystal Palace and then they came back and won four two. But I mean, with the difference in resources, they shouldn't be celebrating yeah. that, right? Crystal Palace should have celebrated that as if they'd won the World Cup if they'd won that. I That's agree. What I can say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then we 2-0. discussed Arsenal against Fulham. Um, West Ham beating Villa one nil away from home. First first win of the season. First points on the board this season. Are they allowed? I think they might be allowed to celebrate that, but I think they no, I, mean, ha-
1: I, I think I think happiness. I don't, I don't think celebration. I think happiness is okay.
2: Wolves won, Newcastle won. I think Sam Maxman should get a Gucci deal for that volley. Two unbelievable goals. Ruben Neves and Alexander Sam Maxman, like you mentioned, in the 90s. The Sam Maxman volley is, that man has started the season with such
1: heat. You know what it is? It feels a bit like the Dimitri, Dimitri Payet just like went to another level. Like Payet was always amazing, but this feels like the elevation where every part of the game just comes together. Every run, every touch, every move, every bit of directness. It's there. It's all there. Like he's now, it's almost like Sir Maximan for years has had that talent but now he's at a club that is like, has got greater visibility and the spotlight's on him and he relishes it and it kind of makes you wonder if he's the kind of player who gets better the more you put on his shoulders. Mm. Because, do you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. now wondering if he's someone who the bigger the stage, the more he delivers because it, it just seems like he's doing that. Like everyone's paying attention to him
2: and he's doing he's, more and he's more. He's the kind of guy who, who just be like, just, just give me the keys. I'll just drive. give me the. F- just I'll like, cook. why, why yeah. are you trying to do this? Just give me the like. He is
1: the football. He, he is the footballer. If, if the Fast and the Furious franchise add a footballer from the major leagues, the major European leagues, he is the one oh, most likely to be added.
2: My now that fucking god, <laughs> that's that a concept. Such a good shout. I, people wouldn't have been able to see my face then, but
1: <laughs> my eyes
2: were wide and I was very much awake. We've just opened up a whole new Here's the thing, Kate.
1: Here's the thing. So fast and Furious footballers. He has all the swag like on and off the field. Like can you can imagine him hanging out with like Danny Toretto?
2: No question. Yeah, that volley was like the equivalent of an old school early fast and furious shot to the Nas button on the Nas yes, button. Yes, exactly. Like, he went <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: him going into nitro, like yeah. and also
2: you can imagine him just like being chased hairpin bends on mountain roads, you can just oh see. Oh my it. god, man! And this man I, is totally able to do a handbrake turn into a parking spot, right? Absolutely, like sixty mile an hour. Like no. The thing I love about Fast and Furious is they're the
1: movies which they won't win Oscars, right? And they are on everyone's favourite film. But they I imagine hearts you, and minds. Exactly. Hearts and minds and box office. Like he may never win a Champions League, right? Because of just in terms of where his club is situated, in terms of their development, it might not coincide with his, you know, with his peak and the rest of it. But I'll say that, that like, he's one of those footballers
2: It's truly like, it's not about the trophies. Mm. Can that. we just um, all agree that this, this white and green kit thing though is just sort of grim. And, you <laughs> I know, just come on. Come on, everyone! What are we doing? Um, yeah, absolutely. What is this about? Yeah, um, just a quick one. Wolves' goal was right to be ruled out, wasn't it, for the push on Ryan Fraser yeah. by Pedro Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah. agree as well. Spurs beating Forrest two 0 at Forest. Harry came with two goals and a missed penalty. Great save for great save, great uh, save, Henderson. Yeah. There was a moment where I was just like, "All right, dude, like, put your hat back on, stop celebrating, because they might actually shoot while you're like." <laughs> still hyping, being like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Harry hurricane penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a great game actually. And I think Forrest yeah. were, I mean, the XG suggests different, but I think that's skewed by the penalty, but Forrest were, were pretty good, good actually. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing as well. I have to say, I think that was a red for the tackle on Richarlison. Oh, good. I think, yeah.
1: I, I think it's a red. Do you know, I think it's I, a red because, because, because I think, Do well, yeah. you know, I think it is. I think because it's so easy to kick a player up in the air For doing anything like that, that's how you get. That's how you end up getting those kinds of injuries, those freak Mm -hmm. injuries. And I think it's such a reckless. I actually saw that. I was like, like, "Listen, okay, yeah, keep ups. Yes, it's disrespectful. Yes, absolutely." And I think it's a red because he hacks at him. And I think the the conversation. You know, we've seen so often in games if you don't like, call a thing out, or if you glorify kicking a player for doing that, it escalates. Yeah, and I think if you keep glorifying players doing that. Then it escalates and someone gets really badly hurt. Yeah. And that, that's my issue with it. I, I think it's a red. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's absolutely disrespectful. Absolutely, it is. And I thought to myself, it's, it's actually quite mild. It's nothing compared to what Nanny did to Arsenal. That was that was what Henri juggled. Here's the thing. And some people get away with it. The thing about juggling the ball, right? Henri did it and got away with it. Zidane did it. Zidane would juggle the ball. And the trick was. made
2: a career out of it. <laughs> what, like, <laughs> did he though? Did he though? Well a know? little bit. He's got a Wikipedia yeah. page with some I think he's got international caps. Right. That's... I've got i W I've got a Wikipedia page. I don't have a career.
1: <laughs> 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 Let that be a lesson to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but um I would say this. So with um uh yeah, but I think that's a red. That's that's just my view on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um I know we've scooted through the the Premier League fixtures as a bit of a joke because of this celebration police thing, but um, I don't know. It kind of really pissed me off this weekend, not because it's Arsenal, because I'm just so bored of it. It's such a th- like a non thing. Just let I think we've 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 bored. Our, we're boring ourselves of how much we've talked about this before. But just just let fans and players celebrate however they want to fucking celebrate a win because a win is more than just against who it is who the opposition are. It's about context. It's about like the when you play what the run is on. Like, for example, if Arsenal hadn't won their first three games of the season, mm. that win wouldn't have felt as big as it did because they've we've talked about this or yeah. everyone else has talked about it. Last mm. time they won, you know, they've not won their opening four games of the season for eighteen years. Like Spurs, for example, is their best start to a season in thirteen years. They know yes. all of this. They know how important it is to pick up points when you're not necessarily playing. I mean, I actually thought Arsenal would played really well. I thought Spurs played really well as well. We've said about Spurs already this season how they've not really fully clicked and that is quite Mm. ominous and I think a good thing for Spurs because in the past, Spurs may have lost to Chelsea. They've not got the best run at Stamford Bridge. We talked about this. They've not got the best record at Stamford Bridge. Arsenal against Fulham, how many times have we seen Arsenal not get over the line in games like this when they probably should have? They were the best. They were the better side and they got undone by an error. It's like, just fucking shut up. It's so boring. Also, also with a smaller proportion
1: of clubs than ever before actually winning trophies, yeah. you have to find your joy in yeah. progress and in the journey. Otherwise, yeah. where are you going to celebrate? When are you going to enjoy anything?
2: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: They, they yeah. come from a time. Those are, those are pundits who come from a time where a different club won the league every couple of years. Like we're not in that time anymore. It's just, it's just
2: boring. And the fact like mm. Nigel De is just there just being like, guys, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, so let's, let's, let's touch on a couple of key things from, we've done the results. We've done a couple of games in the Premier League. I want to just shout out Liverpool again, because obviously this is, we can't just sk- like also, skip can past this. Also, can I say, this. Nigel De Jong,
1: a man who went at Xavi Alonso with a tackle that didn't even belong in the sport in the World Cup final. If he's sitting exactly. there thinking, game's gone too far. He's like, I'm in no position to talk. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, mining his own business. A couple of uh, corners were turned, let's say, I think. Liverpool, obviously, that win. It's a a Premier League record equaling win. Mm. And um, for morale, I think it was extremely important for Liverpool to get a big win. Can I say, Southampton looking across at Bournemouth
1: thinking, oh, here's a taste.
2: Well, did you not see (laughs) that? They tweeted at them saying, like, DM us if you want to talk. No, they should have used that meme. First time?
1: <laughs>
2: they should have used that meme. But also that on Match of classic. the Day. I was watching Match of the Day and... Um, I didn't see that tweet. Bless him for tweeting. That's so cool. I that's quite, that's it's quite after classy. After the game, issue. I was just like, because right, he was on Match of the Day on Saturday. I was just like, poor right, he's going to get asked about the 9 nil again. And Sure enough, there it was, yeah. the 9-0. So uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll ask him on his house again just to <laughs> relive the trauma once more. I'd rather you than me, you're but a brave man. <laughs> but what I really liked about this Liverpool side was that they didn't let off. I think they knew that actually we've seen before how important goal difference has been in this league mm. in the yeah. last few years, especially with how relentless Manchester City have been and how it can actually come down to that. And it acts as essentially as like an extra point. And I wonder, and I was thinking during the game, I was like, Klopp's thinking of May. Yeah. yes of course he is and this is the thing this is the thing that worries me about this um, this result
1: because now City are like we have to find our 9-0 they're going to rack up now <laughs> yeah now Liverpool have created a problem because now City are like we've got to go and like put somebody away because they're leaking goals actually City in quite interesting ways they're showing interesting defensive vulnerability which they might solve but they might not so yeah
2: extremely interesting without looking at say, well, who's got the best defensive record so far in the Premier League Arsenal? Brighton. Only because they had one goal. extremely tight at the back. Um, And just sitting sitting there nicely on 10 points in fourth place. Leeds in fifth. I was going to say this. I'm glad you mentioned
1: this. Brighton, what an incredible achievement. They're just like a solid Premier League side and no one questions it. Like that's amazing. If you consider the speed of the ascent, it's amazing what they've done. Like at this point, I, I it'd be, agree. Yeah, if, yeah. if Brighton were involved in like a relegation battle, it would be like, "Oh, what are they doing there?" Like it would yeah, I be think, a surprise. I think,
2: th- I think the same thing w- could be said for Palace this year as well. Obviously, going yes. two all up against City, it's, but actually, weirdly, they've had that really. They've had like quite a good record at City. Yeah, um, you know the, what they beat them last season away. Uh, they lost the season before, admittedly, but they beat them a few years ago as well. So. Not a, su- not a huge surprise to see them go 2 a up, weirdly. No. They're like no, one no, of the only teams that could go 2-0 up at the Etihad and be like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's yeah. like, we'll talk about it later, but it's like Gladbach and Bayern. There are just certain teams that are just a bit like, oh, yeah, they just do that against those teams. Yeah, exactly. But, where a game but, fit where um, your,
1: your strengths fit to their weaknesses and vice versa.
2: Yeah. The hat trick from Erling Haaland. I was laughing now. I was yeah. laughing now. What
1: I will say with City is the gaps are appearing faster behind defensive lines than I
2: thought. It yeah, doesn't surprise me how... This, they're playing yeah. this different way though and I think that it just gives them a little bit more... It's a little bit more risk-reward, you know.
1: The directness. It reminds me a little bit of when Barcelona sacrificed match control for directness in yeah. 2015 when they went from Chav and Iniesta to uh, Iniesta and Rakitic and Rakitic gave them that push and they were just like, okay, we're going to go, I'm going to basically crossbow it and go straight to the heart of of teams. So yeah, that's, um, yeah. yeah, the
2: directness. No preamble. And your Manchester United beat Southampton 1-0. There was a, it was a I mean, it's just two, back to back wins for Eric Ten Hag is just, it doesn't really matter how they're playing at the moment. I think they just need to get the results done. They needed to get those two straight. I think that's all I would yeah. say
1: about that in terms of, you know, because it's difficult to kind of glorify that because United fundamentally can throw so many resources at a problem. Like any other club, you'd be in crisis, but almost any other club, but you can buy Casemiro. If you can panic and go and buy go and buy Casemiro, <laughs> like that's let's be honest. If you can that's panic, a good luxury. If you can panic, and Anthony and go and buy Anthony for a hundred million. It's, it's that's the thing. It's difficult. It's always going to be difficult to assess United fairly or frankly with any sympathy from outside because how can you have sympathy for a club that can do that? And yeah, two wins in a row and it's it's really good. Um, and I, I say that I'm primarily happy for Ten Hag. Um, just because I want, I think he's. I loved what he did at Ajax, and it, it'd be good if he could build something there. But yeah, early days, and just good for United to get a second win to take off some of the pressure. Some of the players, you know, some of the players I think unfairly criticised for like not caring, not trying. My my view has always been, generally speaking, players are on the side of trying too hard rather than trying too little. And mm. the reason I mention this is the the Delhi Alley. Someone posted an amazing Delhi Alley. Um, Stat sheet. It was, uh, I think Lars Sivetson posted it. It was amazing on Twitter. And it was about the amount of defensive effort he makes in games and the amount he runs. And it was his, his assist output, his goal output, super low. And his running and his pressing is unbelievable. And it's almost like he's trying to rediscover the player that he was that he can't find anymore. And he can't find the magic because he's not taking the risks that it took him to make the magic. And I thought that stat sheet was such an indictment of just be wary of getting on players' backs about the effort they're making when actually it's more complex than that. You're going out there having to entertain tens of thousands of people at a time at a time when you know you're not being coached that well or haven't been coached that well historically. It's a bit like the Brazil World Cup in twenty fourteen. We've seen how our team can implode psychologically when its job is not only to win but entertain. That's Mm. a big, big burden to carry in front of millions of people. So yeah, just a
2: a call for Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Manchester United later in the week because the transfer deadline is approaching and maybe we'll do a little bit of a that's right, relevant to transfer stuff.
1: That's relevant to our later discussion about clubs that are struggling. Actually,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I, the transfer I, window. I yeah. Um. Anything else you want to shout out in the Premier League? I mean, maybe I should just big up Arsenal because I think they oh, Martin Odegaard was super, super, super good, mm. and uh, bar that Gabriel error, he made up for it. I think Arsenal good value for that win.
1: Can I say this actually about Arsenal very quickly? Um, just in praise of the defense. When they've made mistakes, they bounced back. Hmm. We've seen it actually Saliba it's no goal it wasn't really his fault, but we've seen Arsenal's defenders this season make mistakes and then like recover. Yeah. And there's a resilience there that I think is fresh. I mean that's that, that you mentioned about them not I think that was the first time you said since twenty thirteen they had conceded yeah, the goal some, first goal and actually the first half.
2: In the second and come half, to yeah. win. Yeah. Second half come back to win. And it's that's something like that Arsenal yeah. not haven't really done that well under Arteta either, is come from behind to win games. I think this is fully his team now, isn't it? And this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a belief there which I think yeah. is it's been lacking, and uh, that connectivity throughout the whole place. You know, like loads of people talking about the atmosphere. Mm. Alan Smith saying he can't remember it being like that, and loads of other people who were there. I know were saying, I can't believe how loud it is in here now. And I think that's to do with a the younger. There's a bit of a younger crowd at the Emirates now than they used yeah. to be. You know, I remember I was telling the story about. I think it was. I went to a Villa game. I think it was maybe twenty thirteen fourteen. I can't remember exactly. But when the fa- when the players came out and everyone stands up to to applaud the the players coming on, there was just a guy sat down reading a book who actually said at one point during the game, "Oh for fuck's sake, Drew, just score!" <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell? I'm never sitting in the, Where was I? West uh, West Upper. I was like, I'm not sitting in West Upper again. Unreal. Oh, thank you." Um, just a quick shout for Chelsea two goals for Raheem Sterling his first two Chelsea goals uh, to get them the win against Leicester in a game that we mentioned Conor Gallagher got sent off two yellow cards within
1: six minutes and actually and to Sterling's credit just to say this shout out to him because he actually went close he got a disallowed goal similarly beautiful strike and it's a gorgeous mm. opener and he got like I love this there's the full the full gamut of Raheem Sterling goals spectacular strike from distance and then a close range finish just a six yard finish I'm just really happy for him in particular because he needed to sort of catch fire and he was he was kind of to his credit he was kind of threatening to in previous games so I hope he can just go on a scoring run now that he's done that I'm really really happy for him Conor Gallagher playing in that double pivot mm-hmm. um, and yeah. just having to make an impression and maybe a bit over
2: anxious to do so yeah I agree um, is there anything else in the Premier League you want to touch on I mean we're going to talk about maybe one or two teams in, in, in the second bit but no no nothing more I don't think Just quickly in the Bundesliga Anthony Modest got his first goal for Dortmund They scraped through against Hertha 1-0 in the Stadion. Leverkusen got their first win of the season Um, They beat Mainz 3-0 away Leipzig beat Wolfsburg 2-1 Schalke lost 6-1 at home to Union who were temporarily top of the Bundesliga That's amazing that they've cemented themselves that way, it's incredible the xg from this game was absolutely mind blowing according to the xg philosophy who i think gave Schalke a little bit too many a little bit too, too many, many XG. xgs mm. they had Schalke down as 2.17 on their model to union's 1.05 i mean that does mean the goals that union scored were spectacular yeah in fotmob to be fair it was 1.92 expected goals for Schalke to 1.13 for union but still Minimalism, baby. Minimalism. Union's, <laughs> finals, Union's, finals,
1: Union's final goal was an absolute banger, and also, can I say this? There, I was concerned when they lost Awani and Max Cruiser. Mm. They have made their attack even quicker and even more fluid. It's just, it's better. It's their attack Dude, is better, less predictable, and very exciting. Shout I know out we to were Union. going
2: on about the Bundesliga last week, but listen to Union that top, cooking. The top three: Bayern, Union, Freiburg.
1: Listen, if we just. If either those, if either Union or Freiburg get into the Champions League, <gasps> well they the were both joy, so close
2: last year as well, you yeah, know.
1: The joy that would give me. But anyway, let's see. Early days. And
2: um, we're games. gonna save uh Bayern for a little minute. Um anything in La League you wanna talk about? A couple of couple of lovely Lewandowski goals? Well, one and a half good Lewandowski goals for for Barcelona. The second was it like a back heel well, at first I it was like this is so clever, but it took a deflection yeah. off. Yeah, it was off it off was bender. still super clever like as it a finish. Was,
1: to improvise that was so
2: smart. The because first I think one, it would have yeah. Yeah. Sorry, to cut in, the first one yeah. was kind of reminiscent too. And shouts to Semra Hunter, who tweeted this, saying, do you remember Cruyff's acrobatic back post volley for Barca? A really yes. famous one. Yes. It was quite similar to that, but I don't think quite as acrobatic or impressive as the Cruyff one. But apparently that was 46 years ago yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Barcelona look good. Barcelona they do look good. And also, Pedri scoring goals kind of... Do you know when... You know that season when Yanis came back after the, the off-season and shot a couple of threes and everyone yes. was just like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, yeah, yeah. Because
1: Petri doesn't, Petri waste, time the goals, box, he like doesn't waste
2: time in the box. He doesn't waste time in the box. scoring midfielder as
1: well. Terrifying. Then, and there's no reason why I he mean, can't be, because his game is suited to that, the way he arrives late. He only arrives late when, he only arrives in the box when necessary. That's the thing about him. Like his decision-making is just off the scale. What was impressive about... Um, Barca in this game, there's two things that really stood out. Kunde looked really good.
2: Kunde yes, they registered really... him and he played. Yeah. How did they register really him this week? What was the lever that got? Oh, goodness knows. I mean, so many levers, so many.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the... I was like, when I saw him, it was like, what have they done to get him there? They've done... well, they, yeah, they did I, it somehow. I was like,
2: uh, yeah, they did it.
1: They did it somehow, but that, thank goodness they did it. one off the line, which was the highlight for him, but just generally very assured. Rafinha looked good, which was, I think he needed a game like that because he had struggled um, in that first game against Viacano. He'd really struggled. I think, again, like the Gallagher thing, over the Gallagher factor. Um, Dembele, mercurial in the truest sense, but dangerous, dangerous again. And it just looks, there's a kind of, you can see the plan, which is just as well because they spent a lot of money, but you can see the plan for Barcelona. And it's, they didn't give it to them. They had to like work hard at that. And talking of teams that had to work hard, Real Madrid against Espanyol, and this was classic because if you're Barcelona, you do not count an Espanyol for a result. You just don't do it. Don't get your hopes up. And if you're Real Madrid, you're going to get a late winner, or in this case, a couple of late goals from Benzema, very, very late goals. And again, similar to game against Almeria, they just wear you down, Madrid. They just trust in the technique. They trust in the play and they'll keep generation chances, and the goals will come, and they inevitably do. They're just such, I said this earlier, they're, the ability of this team, and it's not like Sir Alex Ferguson, Fergie time, where it's like, you know, hell for leather last half hour. It's like, it's just like erosion. It's erosion of, of a wave colliding with a cliff face for years on end until the entire thing crumbles. Gentle erosion. Really, really impressive for Madrid, I have to say.
2: Just a couple of shouts quickly elsewhere. Juve won, Roma won. Vlahovic's free kick was unbelievable in this oh game. Oh my goodness. Off the oh bar goodness. as well. Oh One goodness. of those ones that, oh, I just, it just looks gnarly. It just looked so gnarly, didn't it? And his Clean. celebration was Clean. gnarly. He's quite a gnarly. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Nah.
1: definitely yeah. Very, very, very um, talismanic as a forward. Like, so suited to Juventus. And it's funny because we talk yeah. about, we talk about like him going to Arsenal. I'm really actually happy they ended up where they both did. Jesus and Vlaivich. I'm really
2: happy for them yeah, both no, in terms totally, of their fit. Totally agree. We, we had a little bit of concern, didn't we, when he went to Juve initially? Because yeah. like, going in that January, and we were like, oh, does he need to go yet? But actually, from everything we've seen so far, yeah, no worries at all really about Talk him. Talk of Tasmanic
1: um, centre forwards. Tammy Abraham, goal against Juve. We love to see it. He loves to Tammy's a having game. a lovely time in Rome. He really is. First goal of the season in this area mm.
2: and uh, a um, crucial one. The best thing I saw in Serie A this weekend, though, was Samuel Umtiti's welcoming at Lecce. From tough. the airport to the stadium, everything. He looked so happy. He was welcomed at the airport with such amazing support that he he got emotional coming out of yeah. the airport. It was amazing to see. And I just want him to be really happy because he's someone who I think has been... He's kept his mouth shut. He's desperately trying to regain fitness. And to be honest, I don't think he's ever played as badly as people gave him shit for when he was the only in the thing that stopped that Noga man back. from
1: greatness, the only thing that stopped him from greatness was injury. That's it. And that's all I want to hear about it. And that's all I've, you know, we saw it. And when you see a player who's given so much in terms of dedication, try to push on, and I just, some of the response, you know, fan bases, they're diverse places. They have a range of opinions. Some of the stuff that was put his way about his greed when he was just trying to recover his fitness and trying to get back into the team and praying, you know, it's your dream to play for Barcelona. It's your dream to win huge titles alongside Messi. You think of the dream that he had. This man won a World Cup and he was out there doing the kind of the swag, sort of catwalk, you know, like all of that. This man, the only thing that stopped him was his own body. An elite defender who would have gone down as one of the European greats in, with, without question, without question. in mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Let's take a quick break. let
1: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX.
2: What a wonderful day!
1: This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time.
2: They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
2: There were a few juggernauts on the move that have now been halted thanks to a couple of draws. And actually another one that I wanted to shout out, which was uh, Porto losing their 100% start to the season. Losing 3-1 to Rio Ave.
1: I just think it was a good weekend for the Scorpion and the Sock, wasn't it?
2: It was. It was. Very much so. So PSG drawing 1-1 with Monaco after Kevin Folland had given Monaco the lead and started limping in the celebration to the point where I thought he was doing that celebration where he was pretending to limp and then he was going to twerk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yes, though he, was yeah.
2: Actually, he was actually genuinely injured and had to go off. Yeah, he um, got clipped. And it was, it was a shame because actually
1: he only played 20 minutes, but arguably a candidate for man of the match. Yeah, only because he was, he was the way, so the way that they led the, way they led the press from the opening seconds, Monaco, was spectacular.
2: They were really the, good, I
1: thought. They yeah. saw how PSG started. They're like, nah, none of that. But there's a really funny thing. They're warming up for the game, right? And it's really funny because you see them just pre-match. Mbappe's like waving at the crowd, but it's almost like a kind of, it's a bit like watching, you know, like film star franchises on tour when they're like going like around the world and they're waving. Or like, it's like watching Bono waving to like the 20th row of a stadium. Like he's got no connection with the person in the 20th row, but he's just kind of doing it Cause he's like, I'm Bono, this is you two, we're in town. And like Mbappe waving to his own fans like that. And then Messi's suddenly looking around going, yeah, I should probably do that. Messi does this like a 360 12. I was like, and then you just, it cuts to like the Monaco players and they're just like looking around going, what the hell is all this? Like they come out of a smoke tunnel <laughs> and they come out of a <laughs> <and> the, <laughs> smoke tunnel, all the lights, Paris is this, Paris is that. And you just see the Monaco players going, we're not having any of this. And they just come out on, they come out on smoke actually. And they're pressing so high up. And PSG are hitting these sort of slightly, not panicked balls, but sli- slightly poor passes on And they're just not expecting that press. And for 20 minutes, it's actually very, very, what's the word? Um, it's very fitting that Messi gets tackled by Kamara, who was outstanding. Maybe the best player, I would say, on the pitch. He gets tackled by Kamara and that sets in train the goal. And Volland mm. led that press. And if you watch the way that Monaco play in that, that first 20 minutes in particular, what's incredible is, it's the one touch. It reminded mm. me, I keep referring to this game, the Algeria-Germany game at World Cup 2014, when they're playing one touch out of trouble because they know this is how you beat the PSG line because they're not expecting it. And the first 20 minutes of the Monaco-PSG game could be a blueprint yeah. for how teams handle them in future because if they hadn't lost Voland, Voland was such a huge loss for them and PSG got away with this. They got away with this for two reasons. First of all, the name I should have got read in my opinion because after three minutes he gets a yellow, mm. needless foul on Volland Actually, was Voland was in his head the entire game, and then he goes to the back of Kamara. Like oh, yeah, after that, I forgot about yeah, that. He goes to the back of Kamara, and I'm like, hang on a minute, like this is, and, and also Neymar, this thing, sometimes are like, oh, they've been? He's been amazing so far. Like, yeah, but no one's actually got in their heads yet, and it's so weird. Like this is the first test PSG have had this season, and. And Neymar's like that. And I'm like, why is he flown out in that rage? And he was, it was so weird. The entire game, he was just like not on it. I mean, you, you never it's know what's of, going on with footballers, but yeah, yeah.
2: There was a few funny things in this game. I think the, the thing you mentioned at the beginning when the Monaco players were kind of looking around, I was just like, you know it's bad when the side from a tax haven principality is looking around being like, this is a bit glitzy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know. <laughs> also, there was just a load of com- like really funny moments in this game. You've mentioned a couple of already, but also, one, I say funny, let's say odd. There was one where Sergio Ramos tries to tee himself up for that overhead kick in the box, makes an absolute <laughs> mess of it. It was offside anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But Neymar's <laughs> kind of just like stood there. It's like there's a picture, or well, there will be a picture somewhere, of Messi stood a yard behind, kind of just being like, this is Sergio Ramos and we're on the same team. It was kind of one of those like, my name's Leo record Messi scratch. you're probably wondering how I got here record scratch like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then Neymar's kind of looking at Sergio Ramos fluff this overhead kick and being like what have we become yes you know but actually that's not, that's not me getting super existential about PSG because obviously they've blitzed through everyone so far but it was just but that's how they got like, about themselves huh? And they, they, they huh? look existential yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's at least but... one moment in each PSG game where yeah.
1: a PSG player or the opposition is like what are we doing and for yeah, me, it yeah. was a smoke tunnel. It was a smoke tunnel.
2: <laughs> it was, do you remember when Santi Cazorla got unveiled for Villarreal in that, in that smoke thing with like a magician? It was kind of like that. Having said, yeah, but that was perfect.
1: That actually, <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the greatest play introduction of all time. <laughs> that was perfect. Um,
2: but, there, you know, we've been talking about PSG and about how they've kind of seemed to have fixed up a little bit this season. And yes. one of those smart signings was Renato Sanchez, who I thought was really, he, I think it was his first start in this game, right? And yeah. he looked really good, I thought. He played he yeah, so. pretty well. So PSG are, you know, th- we've talked about how how good the fans have been at holding the club to account for, for some of the ridiculousness. Mm. And there is going to be a little bit of ridiculousness every now and again until it gets a lot more serious and smarter. Mm. But they're still playing well. I think Monaco were, like you said, were were, were really, really good in this game. And if Falen doesn't go off injured, you never know how it might have turned out. Because there was that, you know, PSG ben were Yedda, struggling to get back into it. Ben ben Yedder was really scored. good as well. He should have scored. And also the, that Messi's absolute thunderbolt from outside the box that hit the post and then it came back say, to Mbappe, who then hit the post as well. Can I say find someone who loves you? All
1: all the singletons that po- listen to this podcast. Find someone who loves you as much as Leo Messi loves hitting the woodwork in France. That man has a love affair with hitting the post. It's like, I think he led he led the league in it last year and it's happened again this year. Do
2: you remember when we first interviewed Ian? Sorry to cut in. We first interviewed yeah. Ian and he said like, oh, you know, when I was playing Sunday league, I'd only try and finish, there'd be games where I'd only try and finish left foot or play with my left foot or finish off the post. Maybe yeah. Messi's just actually like, I want to do off the post assists. I actually you know, maybe, Can you imagine if he was like, I'm not, I'm not saying that Messi is actually doing this, but can you imagine if he was like, right, Mbappe's over there. I can't actually get it to him without hitting the post from 30 so yards. So it was a pass.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then gets really angry
1: and it's not counted as an assist. I know. And gets really angry. Yeah, yeah. Contacts like the TV station and goes, hang on a minute. That's a, that's a Yeah. Through a third party, of course. One thing I will say about Messi very quickly, while on the subject of Messi's Thunderbolts, I think Sid Lowe first put, pointed this out um, when he scored the haptic against the Real Madrid, the one that announced him when he was 19. Mm. And he was like, Messi thrashed the ball, Messi nephews hit the ball hard. And like, there's maybe an argument that late era Messi is hitting the ball harder and harder. It's like raging against the dying of the light because we've seen more Messi thunderbolts maybe in the last three years than we've seen in previous years. It's like the one that he got against, was it, the, um, was it Napoli? What's the Champions League one that he got? I can't remember the one, but he scores an, absolute It might know it's against PSG I think in the Champions League he scores an absolute heat seeker from way out and I remember thinking Messi's hitting this with anger now like in a way that I don't remember him hitting it like there's there's parts of players games as they develop or get older they start bringing out and with Messi it's definitely one of them is definitely the Thunderbolt
2: from distance yeah absolutely so, yeah, love to see it so PSG stopped in their tracks as were FC Bayern München they were. This isn't a surprising result though, because Gladbach took no. the lead against Bayern at the Alliance on Saturday night, and it was like, here we go. It was like the, the Ah shit. Here we go again. We go. Did, did, did <laughs> you know this yeah. made me laugh. And this is not to be mean to Nugglesman
1: because nothing personal against him. It only made me laugh because this was Nugglesman's worst nightmare. Because he was like, Listen, lads, we know what Gladbach are like. Come out of the traps fast. Don't let them take the lead. <laughs> and it happened. And then, it would have been the thing he was fearing the most. Just like the time when Klopp drew at Letty in the Champions League, like Klopp was fearing a 1 0 away defeat, and it's what he got. And Nagosman sure as hell, was fearing Gladbach doing this. And so, it's the way that Bayern started, to their credit, it was anything but complacent. They started mm. so well, really aggressive, pushing the ball high up the pitch, disallowed goals, I think two for Melee in the first half alone. And Jan Sommer is one of the rare elements in footballing nature who, when you apply greater pressure, get tougher because it was the, the first three minutes when uh, Kimmich whips in that corner two, three minutes and he tips it and it's an incredible save because it he is, has yeah. to see the ball the moment the ball's made contact with he has to anticipate where it's going to come off the ground and then spring to tip it over the bar and the moment that happens you just feel the Bayern players going oh no he's on one it's when Sommer's oh, no. on one oh no oh no oh no like even the goal that he's conceded eventually to Sané he can do nothing about. Mm. He was absolutely spectacular in this. Do you game. want to hear some
2: stats? Yeah, please. So uh, Bayern had twenty shots on target to Gladbach's three, which meant that Jan Sommer made nineteen saves, which is a Bundesliga record. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Some of them were, you know, were gimmies, but yes, some of them were. Some not. Of them were- but this is the thing about Jan yeah. Sommer. We've talked about Jan Sommer before and there's a thing about certain... I don't know, there's like a... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but there was, like, there was a period where yes, I know, a number I of Swiss it, yeah. goalkeepers all had the same characteristics <laughs> in the sense of that unbelievable shot stoppers can save games for their clubs, but also randomly out of nowhere just produce these moments of, say, a lapse of concentration maybe. And Jan Sommer has done that a couple of times for Gladbach. I think there's something
1: else going on. I think when you're being peppered. Maybe. If you think of like the level that Switzerland play in, they get peppered from distance all the time. So your concentration is like, so it's almost like, how do I say You know, when you're a kid and like the daddy long legs is the one insect that's the likeliest lad in your face, a wasp has never landed on my face. (laughs) Like, because I'm always dodging, because they're so quick. But a daddy long legs, when I was growing up, when I was, when I was like in Uganda for like holidays, they would just like float towards you and they'd hypnotise you. And you've been like swatting off like mosquitoes, wasps all the time. And the daddy long legs just floats from 20 yards away and lands on your face. And I reckon it's like that. You're so used to being peppered by like fast insects that when a slow one comes along, it just like- It's like batting against the slower ball in cricket. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a slow It's, it's a, slow a ball. slower it's a ball. Slow ball. Perfect.
2: There you go, Perfect. Cricket analogy on studio. There we go. Listen, oh, we contain multitudes. Well, <laughs> shout out to our good friend Vish from the Ramble and <laughs> ESPN Cricket <laughs> Info. Vish is going to love that and give him all his vitamins. Go, the the vish Venn <laughs> diagram. Exactly. <laughs> Relevant to all your interests, Fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vish. Shout out to Vish. He, he posted something the other day and I just, uh, it was like a cricket meme. And I actually screenshotted it and sent it to him saying, find me someone who enjoys Covering cricket as much as Vish enjoys covering cricket. Oh, a special thing, beautiful thing. So that
1: was Bayern stopped in their tracks as well. Yeah, Summer was locked in. Shout out to him, and just shout out to it as well. Like, can I say in this performance, um, Alfonso Davies? Just very quickly. Oh my God, that man! He made Florian Neuhaus is not slow. He's not super quick. But he's not slow. There's a bit when Neuhaus breaks and. I don't think I've ever seen a fullback sweep and actually press and tackle two players on the same counter-attack, mm-hmm. but Davies did it. Like he's so fast that he got back, closed down Neuhaus and one of his teammates as well. Like that guy, and it seems like that's his kind of thing. They're just pushing everyone up. It was almost like they used to like, um, Pep used to use Arturo Vidal as a kind of a sweeper when um, Bayern were attacking. It's now that like Davies is the sweeper. He's like, you're so fast, you'll get back and sort everything out. So yeah, shout out to him. But also shout out to Marcus Turab, who's come towards the end of his contract.
2: Contract Marcus. Contract contract Marcus (laughs) (laughs) in
1: his bag. Yeah, but shout out to Gladbach. Just a great point for them.
2: Yep. Before we go, let's spend a few minutes talking about, so most of the leagues are three or four games in. And I know that's not a lot, right? So I don't want to get carried away, but. It's enough to see signs, isn't it? Anyone that you're worried about early on. Ashley-Villa. Yeah, start, I was going to say to start in the Premier League. Villa are one, yeah. I think. Yeah. Their only win came over Everton in that game that wasn't great. And Everton and are lost too. winless. Because they've lost two as well. I mean, they lost to Palace, which I don't think is bad. Losing to Bournemouth is the one. But then they also lost to West Ham. But West Ham were winless before this and hadn't been playing that well in the Premier League. Bad start. Exactly, yeah. West Ham, starts. I'm actually... So Villa is one. West Ham, I'm actually a little bit worried about. I think they will be okay. They're just, I, th- I think with West Ham what's going on is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a come down after the season that was people have seen them coming
1: I don't, I'm not worried about it in the sense that I think they'll end up mid-table no I just think I, I just think, think it's,
2: it's, I yeah. just, so it's I just think it's more of a yeah. kind of like you know they had that unbelievable European run yes and I think yes. after that it's alright new season here we go yeah it took a lot of energy out of them last season and like emotional and physical I think it's just going to take them a little while to really get going, but I think they'll be fine. I think they've got too, Their signings have been too good. You know, is that Peketa and Skomaka? That's
1: those are like those. Those allow them to play differently. Those allow and Skomaka. Really good allow signings, man. Excellent
2: players. I mean, That's great, They're great excellent. signings. But Villa, I'm a little bit worried about because they've got to figure out this buendia Coutinho problem, because I do think they struggle they're going to struggle getting them both into the squad. And Buendia is, I mean, you'd have to maybe say like on form, Buendia's is probably the better option to have in there at the moment, other than Coutinho. Coutinho, when I was watching, it. when I was watching the West Ham game, there were a couple of bits that Coutinho did. And I was like, this is late era Liverpool Coutinho here. The cut inside Ooh. and shoot. Yeah. And we'd seen a lot less of that out of him in the last few years. I think
1: I think it's a coaching problem.
2: Sorry, do you I think it's, I mean, it's a CBG on, yeah, problem.
1: I think it's. I think it's on Steven Gerrard. I think it's on him. I think you could easily play a back three. For example, you could work. You could maybe play a back three and like push those two, and you could have them in the same like team. Push, so push Cash and Dino up up a bit. Yeah, three, four, two, one. I, the, 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 I, I just think if you gave, and this is not sound. Let's just be frank. I think if you give Antonio Conte that team. I think oh, you yeah. see something very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, 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 but we're going to talk about like, because if we're going to talk about, uh, not that you're saying this, but players not fitting in, you take the players and you accommodate the system to the strengths, mm. there is absolutely room for Coutinho and, uh, and Buendia in the same team. Absolutely there's room. And it's exciting. I look at the players that um, Villa have and I'm excited by them. Mm. These are really good footballers. Mm. So then I'm thinking, has Gerard done something? Because they're not creating chances, Ryan. These, these players should be creating more chances than they are. I say, actually, the more the challenge is whether Ings or Watkins start. I'm not sure that you start both of those. Yeah. I think you have one of those supported by flying fullbacks. Because look, Cash and Dean are brilliant on the counter. They're brilliant at like going yeah, on. Yeah, I land. actually
2: think that having like Coutinho and Buendia behind the Watkins or an Ings and then another option to come off the bench, I think that's a really good formation for those, those, those group of players, actually. I I love that. Yeah.
1: I love that for them. So I just I just think I think this is on Gerard actually, yeah. to be honest. And I, I I hate I say that, you know, with respect, um, but I don't think that he's got the right configuration for the talent that he has in this squad. There's talent there.
2: mm um, I'm a little bit worried about Leicester. Not a lot of noise about people coming in. The final looks like he's off as well. They're winless and they're not looking anywhere like a threat like they have been in the past. They got the severe problem, they're getting rid of an amazing defender at a time when, when, when they, really they need, need some it. solidity. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves, I think, are just they're never going to be the most dynamic of sides, I don't think. And therefore they'll start winning games and they'll start picking up. And you kind of you kind of know how Wolves season is gonna look. They might be like ninth at the end of the season. Yeah. Played thirty eight, maybe like forty I don't know, fifty points. Goal difference, goals in the goals, like maybe scored 37, 38 goals. must be slightly frustrating,
1: goals. slightly frustrating as a Wolves fan because they must go through so many games thinking, goodness, we're like, we make very hard work of scoring goals. And they, it feels to out, the casual observer as if they're in third gear. They're not, they're working really hard. You look, for example, like the, I've always mentioned the first half of that Wolves Man City game, they were brilliant against um, City. Mm. And they work, but they just, they don't give themselves much margin for error. And actually that's the kind of team where like a sign, like a Lucas Paqueta is, it's a different profile. It's a tough to get that profile of player at that level they're at. Um, But yeah, they're almost, they're in a difficult position. They're sort of just off, they're just outside the bracket of clubs that can get a player like that, that takes them forward. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, Leicester's, Leicester's a bit of a concern, I would say.
2: I mean, quickly... Maybe we'll touch on them another time, but I'm a little bit worried about Sevilla. We talked about Sevilla. They haven't won yet Mm. in La Liga. They've got Barca next week. In France, I'm a little bit worried about Nice. They lost 3-0 to Marseille on the weekend. Two Alexis Sanchez goals, his first two goals for Marseille. And Mm. Nuno Tavares scoring again. Goal machine Nuno. So happy for him. Just give Nuno the ball. Just give him the ball. Well, he has some
1: some pretty uncomfortable spotlight in the Premier League last year. I'm glad that he's, he's, he's he's having some
2: joy. It's like a former Arsenal left-backs support network in Marseille. Yeah, They've got Ash <laughs> and they've got Nuno and Guendouzi is in there. Obviously, it is actually like the, the former Arsenal.
1: And look at Saliba. Saliba, the journey he went on. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's a way back for your Arsenal. There's oh, a way back 100%. For sure, and other, and also,
2: team. I think yeah. Ligue 1, it provides a really stern test for young players and it's a good league to be I in, it. I think, to develop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it for him, yeah. But for Nice, obviously, they've got Nicolas Pepe coming in on loan. It's really interesting. I think he, he agreed to a pay cut. Um, Arsenal are going to pay 25% of his wages and Nice are going to pay 50 But mm. Nice haven't won a game this season. They're currently... Well, Wait, who's paying the
1: other 25? He's paying the other 25?
2: It's the cut. Oh, it's the cut, right. Yeah, right. sorry. My bad. I am. I'm paying it. No, not. I Can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the um, rest is Patreon. Patreon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: the rest is Patreon, but you do get a bonus Nicola Pepe podcast every week if you if you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> But I hope that that galvanises Nice because, let's just say, Lucin Favre, if he doesn't get the people in that he wants, yeah, to play a certain style. But losing 3-0 to Marseille at home is not a good result for Nice at it's all. It's idea. a it's really, not, it's really bad idea. result. And they need yeah. to kick into gear quick because otherwise it's not going to be happy down there. Yeah. And other than that, else anyone else you're, are you worried about anyone in Serie A? No, it's just such
1: early days in Serie A. And like, yeah. I think that's a league where, like it started, it's exciting. I wouldn't say I was worried about Inter. I think that was maybe the kind of, the jolt they needed. There was a big inquest after, lots of soul-searching. Um, Lukaku got a lot of criticism, maybe not sort of at his, at his sharpest, but I think even that was a good result. I will say this, the eternal, I mean, Pedro is basically the, um, he's the actor who doesn't age. Oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, Pedro is like, the, he's the Paul Rudd of football, isn't he? <laughs> he just like, he looks, <laughs> he just, every time you see him score, like technically perfect, bend it in the corner, jog away and I'm like, man, this man's fitness routine. is just like doing like, yeah, it's wild. yeah like 40 hours of yoga a day or something. What's he doing? Like, it's unbelievable. But yeah. So even that, I love that Lazio do that because they keep, they keep the title race honest. Mm. I'm not sure how much they're going to figure in, you know, in the running, but I think I love that they're there, you know, spicing up. So yeah, no, no real concerns in Serie A at this point.
2: In Germany, I was worried about Leverkusen, but they got their first win. So hopefully we'll see a bit of a change from them, but they were winless before the the weekend. Yeah. All right. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. And remember everyone, don't let anyone tell you how much you should or should not celebrate a result for the
1: team you support. Yes. Listen, how, how about this? If a joyful moment comes your way in football, ask yourself the eternal football question, which is what would Pedri do? Can you imagine Pedri cracking a smile upon a victory over a local rival? I think you can. If you can,
2: then do as Pedri would do and oh, celebrate. How long before we start getting tweets about what will Pedri do t-shirts? When are they
1: coming? <laughs> it's not, I
2: think we're maybe one more mention of that away. Before the moment that comes, you have to stop talking about it here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, we'll be back on Friday this week. Don't forget to check Wright's house. will be up Wednesday. Search for Righty's House on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And Stanley Warcher's Place on Spotify, playing out on the Super Jatter Band, Bissika Moore, I think is how you pronounce it. Anything to add, Musa Nothing further. All right, everyone, much love. Have a great week. We'll be back on Friday. See you then.